everything is centered around love, right? If you can't operate and have a view of loving others, you'll never find joy in the gospel being advanced through your imprisonment. If he was living for himself, he would not be in jail. The reason he's there is because of the advancement of the gospel for others. I mean, he has the gospel. He knows the truth. He could just say, I got it. I mean, you jokers, figure it out for yourself. You could. <laughs> is laying down his life for the sake of the gospel for others. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the WordCast podcast. I'm Matt. This is my beautiful wife, April. And we are here to break down the Bible. This is a podcast that we decided to start um, all about just breaking down the Bible. One thing that I think is missing a lot in the church is just going verse by verse through Scripture. I think a lot of us in the church know stories from the Bible. Um, a lot of people can quote certain verses. But there's the context of verse by verse study that I think has been missing a lot in the church. And so that's what this is really about. It's about us just digging into the Word of God, going book by book, chapter by chapter, and just breaking down, you know, the Bible. So I'm excited about getting this started. Yeah, Matt's been wanting me to do this for a long time. This has been a long time in the making, and I'm finally doing it. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. Um, it is something my so. So for, me, for you who've seen my channel on YouTube, uh, you've seen many times me break down the Bible and me talk about the Bible. Um, but my wife, who is amazing, has a lot of insight into Scripture, and, and she studies the Word um, like nobody I've ever meet, met. She just loves the Word. And so um, I've mean, been wanting to get her to share her insights uh, with the world. So that's what this podcast is going to do. It's going gonna, it's gonna to share our insights on the Scripture. So... We're going to jump in, and so we're going to start, like I said in the intro, we're going to break down Philippians, and we're going to actually just start chapter one and just go verse by verse and just talk about the book of Philippians. It's it's a letter by Paul, just some context. Um, Paul wrote the book of Philippians. It was a letter to the church in Philippi, and uh, Philippi was a, a church that Paul had actually, if you read the book of Acts, it talks about him going there. So Paul actually established the church of Philippi when he went to on his missionary journey there. And it's actually a common story that people hear about this that may not recognize this is tied to the book of Philippians was when Paul went there and he was put in jail and he was put in jail in Philippi. And while doing so, he prayed and him and Paul and Silas were praying and the prison doors were opened. And then there was the Philippian jailer who was going to kill himself because he thought that all the prisoners had escaped, but Paul was still there. And um, so it's that story that we hear that's a common story, but that actually happened in Philippi. And I think that context is important as we get into Philippians. But we're going to get into the chapter one, unless you have anything you want to say about the book in general before we get into. Um, this is one of my favorite books of the Bible. I love all of Paul's letters or the, called the Pauline epistles, right? Pauline epistles, yep. Pauline I just sound smart. So. <laughs> you are smart. Um, so we're going to jump in to Philippians chapter one, and we'll dive in. And I'm going to put the words on the screen. We'll read through it, but we're going to just stop as we go and talk about different parts of this. So let's jump right into Philippians chapter one, verses. Uh, we'll start with verses one through seven and just kind of keep going. 
So Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you, because I have you in my heart, and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Now, that just little introduction there where Paul's writing this letter, there's the famous verse that people quote all the time, he who started a good work in you is faithful to complete that work. I think that's a very powerful verse, but sometimes I think we think of that individually. But Paul's writing to the church as a whole in Philippians, or in Philippi. So I think it's, it's a key here that, and, and this just always jumped out to me as I, as I studied the book of Philippians. A lot of times we think on terms of our own individual selves, and it's partly... It's all about me, the whole Bible. It's about what. Me. It's all, what? No. Um, <laughs> it's all about me. Um, but in reality, when Paul writes his letters, while he does talk about individuals and he is obviously thinking about the individuals within the church, his greater mindset and his greater thing of what he's referring to is, is the church as a whole, this corporate reality of, of the church as a body. And yeah. I think we miss that a lot. And so when he talks about uh, you know, God's faithful to complete the work he started. He's not just talking about in you, you individual, which is part of it, right? Obviously, yeah. God's going to complete the work he started in you individually. But there's a work he's doing in your city. There's a work he's doing in your church. There's a work he's doing in the, the body as a whole, the local body as a whole, that you have a part in that he is going to complete. He's going to bring to completion. And uh, so, I don't know, I just, that, it's right off the bat when that verse popped out. That's what sticks out to me is that Paul's talking to a church, not to an individual. And sometimes we make some of these promises of, from Scripture so selfish, motivated. I feel like, yeah, we tend to do that in the church. Like every promise, even the ones in the Old Testament, the ones that were for Israel. And yes, we're grafted into those promises. But every promise is it's all for me, for me, 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 me. Yep. And we do that all the time. And it's, it's not purposeful, I don't think. I don't think any of us intentionally are saying, oh, I want to be selfish. Let me. But I think we're just so ingrained. First of all, it's human nature. Um, selfishness is part of that fallen sin nature. But I also think, especially in the American church, we're very programmed in American culture to be self-centered. Yeah. The Western culture is very individualistic. Everything is about the individual and other cultures across the world and i'm sure it was correct me if i'm wrong in the hebrew culture a very corporate culture it's not an individualistic culture yeah the whole the collective yeah and that's so in hebrew culture and hebrew thinking of course um and in, even in greek culture became a little bit more individual individual <laughs> greek culture became a little more individualistic Ooh, I can't talk. Um, Individualistic. That word. And um, Talking is hard. Talking is, hey, I'm learning, okay? <laughs> um, but so Greek culture became a little more, that's where Western culture kind of grew out of, out of that Greek culture. Um, but even in Greek culture at that time, which was a predominant culture at that time, 
even in that, there was still this mentality of, of corporate thinking. And, and, you know, we, we have over the years and over the generations become more um, focused on individuals, but, and, you know, indivisibility or not indivisibility. That's not the word I'm looking for. Individuality. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Just see why I wanted her on the podcast so she could fix all my words that I can't talk. Um, Matt will be the one talking about the Hebrew yes. and the Greek, and I will be talking about English. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good with English. Um, but in, in but especially in Hebrew culture, Hebrew culture was very much family-focused and, and group-focused. So like even families, like even now when in Western culture, when we get married and we get you know we go off into our own individual family units mm -hmm. whereas in hebrew culture like grandparents great-grandparents everybody it was it was communal everybody lived together like families and generations lived together and so they just had a very different mindset and so as a result of that when we read the bible a lot of times we read the bible from that western individualized mindset and a lot of times it was written in a very corporate mindset and so this is with Philippians. That's where I, what I wanted the point I wanted to emphasize is Paul is thinking he's sitting in prison and he's thinking about people he cares about and his thought doesn't go to, and I'm sure he had thoughts of certain individuals, but his thought isn't about individuals. It's about the corporate body of Christ. It's about the whole church in Philippi um, and, and what's going to happen, not with a certain individual, but what's going to happen with the church. If, if, they're laboring for the gospel, as he says. They're working. He he bring he thinks of them and prays for them, and there's joy in that. And in that joy, he's thinking of the joy of their labor corporately for the gospel, not, hey, do you remember what such and such person did? He's thinking, saying, hey, do you remember what happened in Philippi? By the way, I do want to point out, uh, we have our dog in the room, and so if you hear little noises in the background, that's the dog, the um, crazy he's part of the podcast he's part of the podcast his name is steel the more the more you listen the more you learn about us um but let's keep reading do you have anything else in verses one through seven you wanted to emphasize i don't know there's a lot in there i feel like in paul's introductions there's so much just in the introduction mm -hmm. but i guess what stands out to me is just the joy like he's in jail he's in prison and right there in the introduction, he says, always praying with joy. He starts right out in the introduction with joy. Oh, yeah. And that's, I think about, and, and we'll see that more as we go through chapter one here. I, I don't know that like, just because we've lived such comfortable lives in America, that the concept of being put in prison and then being happy about it. Like, I would go to prison for, for Jesus, obviously. I, I would not renounce jesus or my faith to get out of going to prison but i think i'd probably be grumbling and complaining the whole time and talking about how bad it is that the government's putting me in prison for this right you're suffering for jesus. <laughs> suffering for jesus and i'd grit my teeth and be like but the concept of having joy through it is is phenomenal and i think we'll see that as we kind of get into his the, some of the next statements he makes is just powerful um Anything else in that, or do you want to dive more deep into that in the coming verses? Um, I think I'm good right now. We okay. talked a lot about that one verse. Yeah, it's a good verse. All right, so let's continue 
here, Philippians 1, 8 through 13 says, For God is my witness, how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole Imperial Guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. That's a powerful section of, of verses. Um, and there's some things I want to say, but I want to hear, do you have anything to specifically address out of those few verses? Well, um, verse 9 sticks out to me that our love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment. That as Christians, our love should be growing day by day. Love is not something that we just, you know, we just get love when we become saved and yeah. we just stay at that like same level of love. Love, we should be growing in love. We should be being stretched in love. And in love, we should be growing in knowledge in love and in discernment in love. Yeah, I think one thing that is interesting to me that we we he links the concept of discernment to love and which we grew you know we came from a, a circle of, of pentecostal you know charismatic uh type churches um in our life and and we believe just full disclosure we fully believe in the gifts of the spirit and you know the 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 we don't, we're not cessationists, so we, we are definitely people who believe God still operates with the gifts of the Spirit today. But I think sometimes out of charismatic culture that we came out of, it gets focused on these gifts and things like discernment. And that, that words like discernment become buzzwords. Yeah, a lot of people will have a spirit of discernment and they'll have discernment, but they're just really it's not discernment they're just being suspicious or it's just coming out of their flesh and they have all this hidden knowledge about people and it's not coming from love it's coming from exactly i don't know how to word it exactly but discernment should come from love it has to be rooted in love or it's not true discernment from god exactly and i feel like that's that's where i was going with that is i feel like People in the world can have discernment. I can tell if someone is shady or yep. I can discern if someone is lazy. I mean, it's, sometimes it's just common sense, but we can take those observations. We can observe people and make judgments about people and come up with conclusions of what they are, but it's not godly discernment. It's not wisdom and discernment from the word. And if it's not rooted and grounded in love, it's not the heart of Jesus. It's not true biblical discernment. There's a lot of discerners, people with their gift of discernment running around the church and they're just making observations in the flesh and they're just mean-spirited about it and judgmental about it. And that's not what he's talking about. It's the same thing people do with like prophecy. Oh, it's a prophetic word, but what, what it really is is you're just making a guess based on What's happening? Yeah, I mean, you. we can even people, you know, like I said, in the world can do that. You can observe people, observe situations and make judgments and use 
you know, common sense and you can read people and we can take that and try to spiritualize it and yep. act like we're super spiritual and we have this hidden knowledge from above. When it's and really you just you're, just, you're making yourself look <laughs> foolish. And, and people do this on big scales, small scales. I mean, people do this all the time. Um, you know, with it's the beginning of 2024 right now. Just stop with the oh, this year is. I'm feeling it. This year's a year of change. Well, there's a presidential election coming up, so this year is going to be chaos in the political. Well, there's a political election coming up, right? Stop, stop with watching the news and coming up with these type of prophecies. And we do it in the, we, we see people who you'll see pastors do this a lot. Of times. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a rant on uh, the gifts of spirit, but we've seen this abused many times where like, you'll see pastors who know somebody in their church is going through something. So then they have a prophetic word about needing hope and needing, which there's nothing wrong with that, but that's yeah, not like a you word. You know that someone in the church is going through like a divorce or something. And then you have this, secret special word that they're going through a season yeah. and it's yeah it's it's ridiculous but my point in bringing all that up wasn't to rant on that but was to address that paul talks about the gifts of the spirit and he does this in, in corinthians and other places too and then here in talking about discernment he talks about these concepts that we use in the charismatic movement but he talks about it centered around love and it's if you're manipulating discernment by i'm just making observations or i want to give a prophetic word so i'm just all this stuff and you're manipulating that by you're not doing it out of love you're doing it out of self selfish motivation yeah and i think even in the not in the charismatic church people can try to discern and act like yeah. they have discernment doesn't necessarily mean it's a charismatic thing but the point is the main point is that love like all the gifts of the spirit all the things that God calls us to do, if it has to be rooted and grounded, the foundation has to be love or else we miss the point. Yep. And it's, and I think that same concept in that last couple of verses we just read, that same concept carries through from the concept of discernment, him talking about what's going on in Philippi. He then talks about his own imprisonment. And he says, because of what has happened to me, my imprisonment, the gospel has been advanced. And it's, that's born out of a place of love how do you if you can't everything is centered around love right if you can't operate and have a view of loving others you'll never find joy in the gospel being advanced through your imprisonment you you know what i'm saying like he had paul had such a heart of love for others and for the gospel to be shared to the you know he was the apostle to the gentiles and he ultimately, we see in Romans, he had a heart for the Jewish people as well. And his heart was about the gospel being advanced. Mm -hmm. And because he had that love for others, it didn't matter what happened to him. It was, if I go to prison, if that can spread the gospel, then good. If it wasn't about him. And like First Corinthians 13 says, love is not selfish. Love yeah. is not self-seeking. And I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the beginning of Colossians, Paul writes that the goal of our instruction is love. Mm -hmm. So the goal of our instruction, when he writes these letters and when he teaches, the goal of our instruction is love. Like none of this works, none of this matters, none of this whole book works without love. Like atheists read the Bible front from cover and they miss it because they don't have a revelation of the love of Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the key. It's, ultimately scripture tells us that we love him because he first loved us right so all of scripture 
boils down to, to two things. God loving us and us returning that love to him. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. That's that's really, um, you know, my wife and I were pastors of a church, and that's really the kind of the emphasis of, of the church is love God, love others. It's It's love God first and foremost because he first loved us. So we return that love to him. And as an outflow of that, we're others focused and, and love others. And I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in culture that is so self-centered mm -hmm. that loving God is one thing. We say we love God and, and we'll do that, but we do that out of selfish motivation. Individualistic. Yeah, but then it becomes individualistic, right? We we look at each other um, and think, oh, everybody's, you're on your own faith journey. No, we're on a faith journey together, like, right? This Our church, our our community, our, we are on this Christianity, which I hate that term sometimes because I feel like we view Christianity as some distinct separate religion. And that's not really what Christianity is. Christianity is just following Jesus. But, uh, but I think we have made Christianity individualistic and Paul had you right here in Philippians. He had a viewpoint that this wasn't about him. This isn't individualistic. This is, I want the gospel to advance as a whole to others. So I will lay down my life, even if it means me being in prison for it. I will put down my life for the gospel to go to others. And then he talks to the church at Philippi, the church, the whole church, and he tells them, you've labored for the advancement of the gospel. And so I think sometimes we get so, and I guess this is just my rant for the day. Um, oh, you already did a rant. I already did a rant. Quota has been met. Met my quota. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next episode for the next rant. Um, but we we've we've become so individualistic, and that's Paul's oh, exact opposite. Right. Yes. <laughs> Score. Um, did. I did it. Uh, but so, <laughs> but uh, you definitely Paul is is definitely pointing to a a laid down life that's oh, yeah. not self motivated. He's in prison. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, and I think if you, he was living for himself, he would not be in jail. Like he, was, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, the reason he's there is because of the advancement of the gospel for others. I mean, he has the gospel; he knows the truth. He could just say, "I got it." I mean, you jokers, figure it out for yourself. He could. He could have. He could have <laughs> called everybody jokers and just said, "I'm done." He is laying down his life for the sake of the gospel for others. And I think, honestly, I really think that the key to everything, especially this whole book of Philippians, which as we go through the next several episodes going through Philippians, I think the whole key to keep in mind is that we have to have, and he talks about this in chapter two, which we'll get to, we have to have the mind of Christ, which was completely laid down life, mm -hmm. right? Jesus, his whole mindset, the whole thought process of Jesus is... I'm coming to die. I'm going to lay down my life for the sake of others. Mm -hmm. I am going to to live. I mean, think about every moment of Jesus's life. Think about when Jesus lived on this earth, he wasn't focused. He never once did anything self-focused. You know, even in the garden, you know, I don't, don't want to go through this. Take this cup from me if possible. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Everything was centered towards God and others. And he's our example. And I think the key to living this Christian life, the key to living godly and righteous, which 
you know, Paul, Paul talks about in the first part of Philippians, someone living righteous and the righteousness being made full. The key to that is to let go of self. The key to righteous living, to holy living, is to be willing to die. And I know that sounds ominous. Just talk, we haven't got to that part yet, but later on in this first chapter, talk, Paul's going to talk about that. So you're jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. Um, let's go ahead and read another verse, uh, another part of the verse. And then if we don't get all the way to chapter one, we'll continue in uh, episode two. But I do want to, I want to go ahead and read a few more verses. So let's go ahead and go back and read verses 14 to 18. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, others out of goodwill. These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed. And in this I rejoice, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. That's an interesting thing, especially in context of what we were just talking about. I think Paul points out there are people who are doing this selfishly. There are people, like he said, the, the height of this is love. The height of this is the advancement of the gospel. The height of this is others focused. Mm -hmm. There are people who are preaching Christ preaching the message of Jesus, and they have selfish ambition out of it. They, they're not wanting to, uh, they're not doing it sincerely. He even says some of them are, are looking to cause Paul more trouble. They're preaching, they're only preaching Jesus because they think if, if more people preach Jesus, they'll want to keep Paul in prison and want to kill him. And so the, some of them are doing it even with not just selfish ambition, but some of them are doing it with bad motives. Yeah. And just like we kind of talked about, there are people who, have abused the concept of the gifts of the spirit and things like that, right? People have had self selfish motivation, but at the end of the day, Paul says, what does that matter? Yeah. He says it doesn't even matter. I feel like at least for me or in the modern Western church today, we would be like, they're causing me trouble, Lord, get them Lord. How dare they cause me trouble? Touch not my anointed. Absolutely. Like I can't believe this God. How are you allowing them to cause me trouble? I'm in jail. For you, God, and I'm defending the the gospel, God. How dare you let them cause me trouble and get them, God? But he is just like they don't even matter. Like irrelevant, they don't matter. And then right after, he's like, that doesn't even matter that they're causing me trouble. He says, I rejoice, and not only I rejoice, but I will continue to rejoice. And I think it's interesting because he says he will rejoice and he will continue to rejoice in context that it doesn't matter whether it's from false motives or, or, or good motives, Christ is being preached. Yeah. And he's like, if it's pointing people to Jesus, now we got to be careful with that, right? That doesn't mean we, let, we have discernment. We don't let everything in and all that. But he's saying at the end of the day, if someone has selfish motives, but people are being pointed to Jesus, people are being pointed to Jesus. And yeah. he rejoices in that. If, if people's motive is to do something wrong to Paul, mm -hmm. Paul's like, I laid down my life. I don't care. Yeah, Maybe. because his eyes are on Jesus, yeah. and his eyes are on, he's singular focused on Jesus and the advancement of the gospel. And how often do we live like that? Like, Yeah, someone I, causes us trouble, and we're not even in prison, 
and someone causes us trouble and it's like our whole week is ruined and we're on the phone telling everybody, can you believe what they did? Can you believe what they said? I'm such a victim. We're probably not on the phone in 2024. We're on, you know, texting or on Text, Twitter. Texting on Twitter. Can you Twitter. believe what they said? Can you believe what they did? I'm so persecuted. I'm such a victim. I can't believe this. The, you know, the enemy's after me. I need extra prayer. Satan's after me. Satan don't even know your name. And it's like, um. <laughs> just, just advance the gospel. And that's the thing. What Rejoice. If, what if we took every situation, every bad thing that happens to us, what if our mindset was, how can God get glory out of this? What if our mindset was, whatever I'm going through, whatever the situation, whoever wronged me, whoever treated me badly, whoever did something terrible to make my life hard, what if our mindset was, that's okay, can God get glory from it? Yeah. Can the gospel be proclaimed through it? Can I use this for God's glory? Not, oh my goodness, I'm such a victim. Woe is me. Uh, yeah, like we, we do that. And we, we get in our little pity parties. And Paul, of anybody who had a right to be in a pity party, it'd be Paul. Wrongly imprisoned, he was beaten, he had been, I mean, treated terribly over and over and over. And here he is in prison, probably going to be killed, and we know he is eventually killed. And he's sitting there knowing that he's probably going to be killed. If anybody has a right to be victim, it's Paul. And Paul sitting there saying, who cares about me? Who cares if they're trying to hurt me? What does it matter? What does it matter? Like Christ is proclaimed. <laughs> Rejoice. That selfless... <laughs> mindset that we lack and and so when i read scripture and i read that like that's what jumps out to me that's what immediately just in the reading of this chapter the immediate first thing that jumps out to me is just how selfless we're supposed to be and we're not and you know this is convicting me i hope you listening to this or watching this um i hope you are also convicted like that should convict you it should make you look, and this is the thing about the scripture and going verse by verse and just talking about scripture, not just knowing the stories behind scripture, but no, like reading it, you get this place of, of conviction that should fall upon you for not living according to what Christ has called us yeah. to. But like conviction that leads to repentance, yes. like repentance that's a changed mind, the mind of Christ. Not conviction that leads to guilt, shame, condemnation. No, yeah. Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm so bad. I can't do yeah. this. No. Shake that off. God has a, an awesome standard. And in Christ, he's going to, in Christ, Jesus, he's going to raise you to the yes. standard. Like you can't, we can't jump up and hit the standard of the word of God. The word, as we read the word of God, we realize this is the standard, but we can only meet the standard in Christ. Christ brings us to the standard. Christ, that's Christ in so us, the hope of glory. So yeah, a lot of people read the Bible and they're like, "Oh no, like I'm, I can't do this. I'm never gonna be able to do this. Like, I just give up because it's too hard." And they fall into guilt, shame, condemnation. They close the Bible and say, "Oh, woe is me. I'm a wretched sinner." But oh, I'm terrible. No, Jesus didn't write. He, in there's grace in the command. Like, yeah, there, there's. There's grace, and I think that's what we end up doing is God brings conviction, and the enemy wants to flip that conviction into condemnation. Yeah. And that's God, not that's not what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. And you should you should listen to this encouraged that while we have all of these selfish motivations and we have all of these things that are not living up to the standard of God, 
that his strength is made perfect in our Our weakness. weakness, It is when we are broken down, when we can't meet the standard, when it's him and his strength and his power and his glory, it comes down and makes us and molds us into who we're supposed to be. So your response to what God's doing or what we what we've said in this podcast, the thing that God's highlighting in this chapter, the response should be, God, I'm falling short. Let your strength come and bring me to that standard. There should be joy. You should rejoice in the fact that he's such a good God that he doesn't write us off when we are selfish or when we are broken or when we're not reaching the standard. He comes and he lifts us up in his strength. And that's that should be the moment of hope and rejoicing in this. Um, and I think, I think it's important to recognize that sometimes we fall short and then all we do is emphasize our shortcomings in this yeah. and God emphasizes his blood. Yeah. When we read this, when we read any of the Bible, our mindset should be, I can do this because he wrote this to us and we know since he wrote this to us that in Christ, we can do it. We yep. can do this in Christ. And I think a lot of people, they read the Bible and they just read it and they close it and they don't realize they're missing a vital important part is that when you're reading the Bible, you pray along with it. So you read the Bible and you say, oh man, like I'm not doing this or I can't do this. I'm in and of myself or I don't think I could ever do this. Then you can stop and pray, Jesus. Like I, I can't in my flesh, I can never do this, but in Christ, I can do this. Christ in me, the hope of glory, like Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit, do this in me. Like help me to die to flesh, Jesus. Help me to live for Jesus. Jesus, change my mind. Jesus, change my heart. Jesus, empower me with your Holy Spirit. So we don't just read a book and check it off. We don't just read our chapter for the day and check it off our list. Oh, I read the Bible today. No, this is a, you read this and you pray, you read this. This is part of our relationship with God. This word grows us in relationship with God. So we read this and we have conversation with God. We read this book. It's a living word. We read this book and we, we pray this book. Some of my greatest prayers, some of the greatest prayers are just praying the Bible, praying the word of God. Yeah. It's, and, and I think that should be our mindset as we go through this WordCast podcast and we're breaking down these chapters and scriptures as we go through the book of Philippians and then other books in the future. When you're listening to this, you should take this and turn it into a conversation with it God. be a dialogue yeah, with God. Exactly. This isn't about me or April. This, is, this isn't about our insight as if we're some special you know, gurus on the Bible that you should be listening to. The, this is about us just inviting you into a conversation, and this this whole podcast is saying, hey, we're having a conversation with each other corporately, and now turn this into a conversation with God. Turn it outward of yourself and, and back to God, and, and so have this conversation with God, and we pray that as, as we're going to wrap up here, we'll, we'll continue with chapter one in the next episode, so you don't want to miss it. If, you, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. You don't want to miss this. Comment down below your thoughts on this chapter. What are your thoughts on living selfless? Comment down below. And we're also going to be posting these podcasts on you know, Spotify and other Apple podcasts. So you want to find us there as well if you want to listen to this, just the audio version as you're driving down the road. But we want to invite you into the conversation. That's what this is about. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, April, I really enjoyed it. I think this is a great 
exciting podcast and I'm excited for what happens in the future. Me too. I'm very excited and I think it's just going to get better and better. Better and better. Uh, so we love you guys and we will see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.